whistle is blowing, and that signals another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. Your host, Steve Brosman, a former national track champion, multi-Amazon best-selling author, and successful entrepreneur interviews leaders in their field to give you the tips, shortcuts, and strategies to help you change the game you play. And now your host, Steve Brosman. Well, there is the whistle and we have a treat for you today on the Entrepreneur's Locker Room. Chat with the champion. We have a true champion in the podcasting arena. We have the lanky Laura herself, Laura Peterson. Welcome along. Thank you. No one's introduced me as lanky, but it's true. (laughs) I read through your bio and I've known you for some time and you go by the title of the tall maths and psychology teacher who is yep. my, uh, a podcasting legend international. So I'll, uh, I'll throw the Aussieism in there and call you Lanky Laura. I love it. And I did not put legendary myself in my bio. You added that one. Ooh. Oh, I did put that in Lanky, there, yes. Yeah. Lanky and I, I put, legendary laptop Laura. <laughs> oh, laptop Laura. That's another one as well. The Lanky legendary laptop Laura. It's I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm going to guarantee this is going to be a lively session because uh, Laura has been in and has helped me as well in podcasting and gave me the kick in the bum to actually get started and facilitated some awesome guests coming along. So we're here to pick your brains about getting started in podcasting and the ins and the outs because you've traveled internationally, you've spoken internationally on this. So uh, mm-hmm. we're blessed to have you here. But tell me, How did you go from maths and psychology teacher through the copy that pops into where you are now? Yeah, so I can tell you the long or the short version, but I'll start with the short version. You can ask follow-up questions. So I I was a teacher of math. We say math, no S in the United States. I'll just throw that other. So math and psychology. I was a teacher for about five years at the high school level. And then I actually kept teaching psychology at the community college level for many years after, as I was growing my businesses, because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily start making money right away. If you don't know what you're doing, which was me, I had no idea what I was doing. But, um, and I had a tutoring and test prep company. That was the first thing I started after I was a teacher. And I loved that, but my heart was starting to fall out of just the academic space because the more experience I've had with the world, the less I believe that the educational system and the typical ladder is the exact right recipe for everyone. And I've just fallen in love with entrepreneurship and investing in real estate and all this kind of cool stuff that you learn about once you start going down that rabbit hole. And so I started to say yes to helping out friends with copywriting projects because I'm like, pretty good writer. I was definitely groomed to be a good writer in school, although I had to unlearn a lot and start writing like you speak instead of writing like an academic published paper. (laughs) And uh, how I got into podcasting is one of my dear, dear friends, one of my best buddies is the podcast host for this big internet marketing association. And he was like, I'm super busy with my full-time job. Could you help me out with the show? I'll do all the podcast editing, but will you listen to the show before it goes live, write the show notes, do social media tweets and graphics, ghost write a blog article that I can put out in my own name that was inspired by the guest and just kind of help me do all the backend content marketing blitz that's really possible from a great audio episode. And I was like, sure. And so he paid me a couple hundred bucks and I did all this stuff on the backend for him. 
And we eventually realized that what we were doing together, we could help other clients, other people do it. So we actually had our own little podcast production company for a while. I've since left that because I've gotten so much more focused back into writing and helping people improve their writing, long form and short form with books and otherwise. But my own podcast was born in April of 2016. I was still working with other clients in podcasting. And I thought, you know what? I need to feel what it feels like to start from zero with my own show. <laughs> that, that is brilliant. And it's a long way around. And you've, you've been able to go through the building, the framework, what you need to do. You've been doing it for other people. And now you've, yeah. uh, the proof is in the pudding. You've got a, a very successful <laughs> podcast yourself. And we were chatting before we got on that there's a lot of people and you're helping a lot of people get started into podcasting. And mm -hmm. we see some mistakes that people are making that they get started, but their, their podcast just falls that little bit short. What are some mm -hmm. of the mistakes that you've seen people make and what are some great tips to be able to create a, an engaging podcast? Yeah. Well, what we were kind of talking about before we hit record was around interviewing. So we could totally dive down into that. So I know for me, when I first started back in 2016, April or so, I was so nervous when I would do interviews. I was like, I'm going to look like a fool to these people. I didn't know what I was going to say. So I would literally script out all the questions that I wanted in advance. I do a ton of prep work. And for a lot of my first few interviews, I wasn't fully present, admittedly, in what they said because I was so nervous about what I was going to ask next. So I think that just over time, I've gotten a lot better at maybe having a few bullets of things I'd like to make sure I cover just to remind me like on a sticky note by my desk. But I no longer go straight through a list of certain questions. But I would say if you're just starting out, don't worry yet about being your two years in advance version, start where you are. If it helps you to write out word for word questions, start there. I think that's totally okay. I mean, that's what I did and I own it. And as you progress, you'll start to notice that you'll be a little bit more comfortable straying from those questions and be more present in the conversation and even saying, you know what, you know, make a call by call play on the court that you can say, I'm going to throw out questions four through six because man, they just said something that was fascinating. Let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit more. So I would say start by over-preparing in the beginning if that's where your comfort level is, but recognize that as you go, I think you can get a bit more engaging of a show with questions if you're really present with what the, what the guest is saying. Brilliant. You've said two things there that I'd love to pick up on. Yeah. I think I've done it the back to front way because I got mm. started in videos because of you know, TV background and have been doing video interviewing for quite some time. And a lot of people would comment on how easy it seemed. And it was only because mm. of the preparation. And one of the big things that I tell all of my people is when they're doing, whether it's video interviewing or, or podcasting now, is to make sure that you've got your introduction mm. nailed. Because if yeah. you can do those first 10 to 15 seconds and you've just got that energy, then everything else will flow from there. And so one of the biggest things, and when I'm still doing my video interviewing, is I would make sure and practice the first 20 seconds to make sure tip. that I'm out of the blocks, feeling <laughs> good, and the person on the other side then will have absolute confidence in you 
to to continue through because if you bumble through an uh, an introduction and things like mm. that it's like it set the tone for us it broke the ice i wasn't going to tell you that i was going to introduce <laughs> you as lanky laura but i had it right in front of me and knew exactly what i was going to do and it set the tone to put you at ease and so that's right. one of the, the things that i would recommend as as part of what you're saying is yeah uh -huh. know where you're going but make sure that you get out of the blocks with that that dynamic power. I love that. And I'd love to add two more things because when I first started, I was terrified of basically two things you just said. One, doing a video with somebody and not because I didn't want them to see me, but I wanted to be able to look down at my notes. I didn't want the extra pressure of like, does my hair look okay? Am I in my pajamas or not? Does the background look crazy? I was like, that was overwhelming. And then two, I was also too nervous to do anyone's introduction with them listening. So I would love to give that advice to people as an alternative is to say, if those are scaring you and making you not start your show, throw them out. So what I did is I would tell the guests in advance, I'm only doing audio only. It gets a better sound because the bandwidth on the computer and the internet isn't pulling video too, which is true. Yes. But, and then also the other reason is, the audience isn't watching the video necessarily unless you share it. But if they're listening on iTunes or some other podcast only app, they're not seeing the video. So there may be some expressions and things that we're communicating on video that the audience can actually pick up. So arguably audio only for recording is actually better for those two reasons. So that's what I would share with my guests so that I can eliminate video and take that off of my plate. And I felt so much safer in the beginning. Now I don't really care. It, it can go either way. But in the beginning, oh my God, I was so nervous. And then the second thing was intros. Even to this day, I, I, it's been now over two and a half years. I want to start switching it because it'll just be easier for audio editing. But I do my intros and outros after the recording. So I do not perform an intro with the guest listening. So if that helps anyone, I just want to throw that out as an option. And the argument in favor of that is also one, if you batch your episodes like I do, I'm actually like really far behind. I have like 20 amazing episodes just sitting there from like a while ago, but I got to get it out. But I like to do my intros and incorporate something relevant that's happening right then to share from my life. So I might say, I just got back from Australia, New Zealand, speaking at a conference and traveling with my husband for a vacation. And here's an interview I recorded this past summer. You'll love it, yada, yada. So I like to incorporate something that's relevant in the intro right then. And then I don't have that performance anxiety of the guests listening to it. So I hope that that's a helpful little added bonus. <laughs> I think that's absolutely brilliant because I've been on um, quite numerous podcasts now, which is great. And some do the live intro mm -hmm. and others do a long intro, but it is pre-recorded. And right. we always used to say in, in, particularly in the video intros is you're not going to do a one minute intro with them just sitting there thinking, okay. Yeah. Don't do that. That's true. That's yeah. really and boring. You're going to do a long boring. one and <laughs> talk about the podcast, just have it all pre-recorded so that you can get into it. Now, the other thing you mentioned just as an off thing is uh, you yeah. mentioned court. Now I tell people that when you have a great interview, it's almost like a tennis match. Oh yeah. It's a backwards and forwards and a backwards and forwards. You don't want to just hit the ball over the net and just say, oh, look, you can talk for the next 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how this came up is, is one of the people that I'm working with said, I've been doing some interviews and they just said, tell us about your story. And they just let me ramble for you know, five, six, seven minutes. And yeah. uh, the best 
podcast and, and interviewing is really just a nice banter. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. The shows that I listen to that I love the most, I think are the ones where you feel like a fly on the wall in a real conversation. It's like two people are meeting for dinner that are incredible and fascinating and you're just happening to be floating nearby and being able to over eavesdrop on it. So I think that it's really nice to have a back and forth. So as a host, I agree with you. I don't think that you should just say, tell me your life story, blah. Also, don't stack too many questions on one because that's really confusing for the person to reply. So don't be like, tell me your life story, where you are now, what are your goals for the future? And some facts about your family. You're like, oh my God, I can't even remember all those things that you just said. <laughs> so try not to overstack. Just ask one question, let them answer, and then think of a follow-up or whatever and go back and forth. Uh, the other thing, kind of on the flip side, I've actually had, had to, done to me, and I gave this person feedback afterwards because we were friends. So it, it felt very comfortable. But I had one person interview me where it almost felt like they were that they would ask a question, I would answer, and then they would respond with like a three-minute reply to kind of show their expertise, which I think is great to give a little bit back and forth, but you almost don't want to overshine the guest because you're trying to also edify them. So I'd say also don't go to the other extreme where you kind of over talk the guest on the show, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. And I have heard that happen quite a, quite a lot. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's there to facilitate and enhance the guest. Right. So right. That the viewers. And the other thing that and I'm going back to my video interviewing days mm. is we always used to say that it's a three-way coffee chat. Oh. And people say, should I look at the camera and things like that? And quite often mm -hmm. in the podcast, you know, should I refer to the audience? And we always say it's a three-way coffee chat. You're just not really talking to the third person, which is your, your guest. And if you can make it comfortable mm. for them to be that fly on the wall that you just said, yeah. that would be brilliant. And they will feel comfortable just sitting there letting us do our thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I think it's fun too to sometimes acknowledge the audience, uh, especially if you know the audience well, if you understand the type of persona that they are, you could be like, okay, all the entrepreneurs listening right now, raise your hand if you've ever felt this. Okay, right, Steve, right? You know, so you can almost be playful with that. <laughs> Sensational. Now, I do want to talk about the trip that you just had out here to Oz. Yeah. Um, yeah. April, you know, we're going to the, the holiday part of it, but uh, the We Are Podcast Conference, which had some of the, the leading podcasters from around the world sharing their mm. knowledge and insights. Pick two that somebody that's relatively new in podcasting could take away and just say, you know what, Laura gave me these two tips that were from some of the best. What yeah. can I do with those? Oh, that's so hard to pick two, but okay. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pick three speakers, but still pack it into two. Okay. So for the first one, Jordan Harbinger of the Jordan Harbinger show, formerly of Art of Charm. He's left the Art of Charm and he started his own show this year. And also Travis Chapel of Build Your Network, who's also been on my show, Copy the Pops. He is incredible. They both had a bit of overlap in what they talked about on stage, which was around the power of your network and connections with other people. Because I think that we all tend to get a little bit overwhelmed with all the things that we have to do, all the little details, all the little tasks and things, and forget that really all solutions to problems in the world are through other people. And by really connecting with others and growing your network, it's amazing the results that you can get even in the future for things that you can't foresee you need yet. 
So for example, Jordan, he left the art of charm and started a podcast brand new. And because he had connected with so many people over the years and maintained those friendships, even when he didn't need anything, when he did need something was like, Hey guys, I've got this new show. I, I need to get it promoted. People came out of the woodworks to help him and he just blew it up and has millions and millions of downloads even within 10 months or so when he was sharing this on stage. Travis Chappell as well has been able to go from, his background is incredible, fascinating. He was in this like um, very religious, teeny subculture and recently came out of it in his early 20s and over just the past couple of years has just grown his network to insane heights. So he's had incredible people on and it's just continuing to, like I would name drop and you would be like, whoa. So he shared how you can go from literally knowing nobody to having incredible guests on your podcast by leveraging the network and adding value and, and just doing all the good things. So I would say those two guys combined reinforce what I believe is build your network before you need it. And just always remember to give value and connect with people. The right. second thing was from Allison Melody, who has the Food Heals podcast, and she was getting sponsors within the first month or two of her show launching, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, I don't know, huge download numbers right from the beginning. And so she presented like 21 ways to monetize your podcast. It was incredible. So she really showed that earning money from your show can be done no matter the size of your downloads, no matter the age of your podcast and beyond just getting sponsors for your show. There's tons of other ways too. So I would definitely uh, shout her out as somebody to look into if you want to learn more about monetizing your podcast. Okay. That, that's great because a lot of people will think that I've got to have millions of downloads before right. I even think mm -hmm. about monetizing it. Is there one standout thing from her that yeah. you say, well, it's not just all about sponsorship and, and tens of thousands of dollars. Here's mm -hmm. one other way that somebody who's got yeah, hundreds of downloads and yeah. network and community that they would be able to say, you know what, I can leverage my podcast to start driving income this way. Is there one thing that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. So no matter what your topic is, even if it's crazy, super niche and you're like, who cares about this? That's good because if you have a niche, if you have a business that's niche down, that means people care about it already. But what you can do, even if it's brand new, even if it's about to start, you could reach out to local businesses in your area and even ask them, hey, like, do you spend money on TV ads or radio ads or newspaper ads or do you have a membership at the Chamber of Commerce? how are those giving you good returns? Or would you like to add another layer, another level to get more exposure and visibility to your business by advertising on my relevant podcast that has a targeted audience all around this niche that's going to love what you do? I think a lot of businesses still don't even fully know how to leverage things that are online and digital and don't even know what a podcast is. And if you're able to share that with them, they're going to be like, whoa, a podcast is basically radio that anyone can start and anyone can listen to anytime and it's exploding. So yeah, I want to get in on that. And maybe you say, Hey, it's $50 an episode or a hundred dollars a month or something reasonable that will still help you cover your costs of editing and producing it all. But then they are going to be getting their business some more eyeballs and ear earbuds and attention. So it's really a win-win. And 
I'll tell you, I bet 80, 90% of the time, they won't even think to ask you, what are their, what are your downloads? They'll just be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it and try it out. So don't be afraid to ask. I think that's brilliant, particularly starting out and for the, the local community, when you, yeah. you say, look, it is very, uh, very targeted, very specific radio mm-hmm. that people tune in for as distinct from I'm in the car, I'm, I'm concentrating on my driving and it just happens to be a, a, a song in the background and my ad just flies past. Mm-hmm. I think that would Absolutely. be a, a very, very, uh, very targeted way of you know, just starting to grow, particularly if it was the, the local community or a specific niche, which is, which is yeah. great. Now we are going to touch on that. You are the copy that pops. You do have, <laughs> don't just have the, <laughs> the audio word. You do have the written word and you're, you're helping people, all of that. And I, I guess the integration of the audio and the written yeah. Right back to helping people monetize their knowledge and their brand is. Yeah. So how do you combine by helping the people with their, their books and their podcasts to really, uh, really accelerate their brand exposure? Yeah. Ultimately, you know, when we were in school, cause I was a big nerd in school and it was, for me, it was easy. Cause I, they give you a syllabus, fill, fulfill everything on the syllabus do well on the test, you get an A. Get A's in all your classes, you have a high GPA. You have a high GPA, you go to the best college. Go to the best college, you go to the best grad school. Yada, yada. There's like a recipe. There's a really easy thing to follow, a checklist to follow. I was all about that. I had that mastered. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur and trying to grow your brand and your business, there isn't a super clear checklist of exactly what to follow. And you may be the most awesome thing in the world, but if no one knows you are, you're not going to have that social proof and credibility to be able to actually charge what you're worth, get the media attention you want and grow what you want to grow. So what I have found is that there is a bit of a checklist of things you can do to prove to everyone else that you're legit, that you're serious and let them have a mental shortcut. Cause you know, my background is psychology. We all don't have time to go research you. Give them some things that they can have a mental shortcut to know that you're legit. So things like hosting a podcast, being interviewed on other podcasts, writing a book, being featured in other books, being featured in articles, being on TV, being on radio, there's speaking on stage. There are so many things running your own events, whether that's small or big, it doesn't matter. So doing all of these little things and checking all these boxes, the more and more that you do just kind of build on this onion of social proof. That's going to help you get more of everything that you want. So specifically right now with my clients, I have products and services focused on writing and publishing books. In my past, it was more around podcasting. But as I grow and into the future, I've stepped on stage a lot this year in 2018. It was something I used to run away from and was scared of, and now I've really embraced it. So as my brand continues to grow, people might listen to this episode in 2040, who knows? (laughs) I'm sure I'm eventually going to be doing speaking on stage coaching and uh, getting media and PR coaching because as you grow, your services and your offerings and your things grow too. But yeah, I would just say when it comes to podcasting, For me, it has been one of the most amazing things to personally start with because I could do audio only and I didn't have to worry about how I looked. And I could record an episode and listen back and edit it out before I made it public to the world. So it wasn't live and I could fix things and even hear weird 
Laura-isms that I wanted to try to reduce more and fix that. So I've gotten rid of a lot of ums. I also tend to make these transitions with so all the time. So what do you like? So that, you know, oh my goodness. So, so <laughs> I recognize that through my podcast and I feel that I'm a better speaker on podcasts. I'm a better speaker in person networking. I'm more confident on stage because of it. So I could just talk all day about amazingness of podcasts. <laughs> it's look, it is a great place and it's actually thrown one of my sayings out completely mm. because uh, being the video guy, I always used to say that uh, videos is the fastest way to be seen as authority. A book is the most powerful and speaking is the most lucrative. Oh. But now we've got to throw podcasting in there because it's actually easier <laughs> and quicker yeah. to do and less stressful because as you said, you know, it, it takes away, I have to get in front of the camera. So mm -hmm. podcasting is one of the quickest and easiest way to be seen as a leader and an authority out there and a great way for people to start. So mm -hmm. you've given us a wealth of uh, nuggets to, to help people Yay. get started, to create an engaging podcast, even to monetize it. That wasn't on the agenda, but we got there anyway. <laughs> um, how do people contact you? Yeah, so you could go to copythatpops.com. So copies like writing, that pops is psychology applied to your writing to make it stand out from the crowd. And that's sort of the home, home screen of everything that you can find me all over the place. And then on social media, my handle is Laptop Laura. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It's uh, your probably late afternoon over there. We're about to kickstart the day here, but wherever <laughs> you are listening to this, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Head over to the Entrepreneur's Locker Room uh, Facebook group. We've got some really cool stuff happening there and we're going to have another brilliant, this is going to be hard to top, but we're going to have another brilliant interview for you guys again real soon. Have a fantastic day. Cheers. Well, that's full time on this episode, but don't forget to subscribe, rate, and we'd love you to leave a comment. Head over to the Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Locker Room, where there'll be some great bonus content to help you step up and play a bigger game.